Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Mike, thank you for joining me today on uh, Half Dozen Things podcast. I really appreciate it. For the listeners, I heard Mike speak at the Road Transport Expo recently. I can't believe it's over a month already since the Road Transport Expo. That's flown by, hasn't it? Um, but Mike, uh, it was really interesting uh, listening to you at uh, the Road Transport Expo. He, he talked more, more about Navsys. Um, so for for the benefit of the listeners, are you able to just sort of outline sort of your role within Navsys and what, what Navsys is really? Um, so people can uh, people can sort of get their heads around, uh, around what it is. Because I think a lot of people have heard of it, but maybe don't fully understand uh, what the service is. Yeah, morning, Peter. Uh, thanks for the kind invitation in relation to uh, to speaking this morning on the Half Dozen Things podcast. Um, for people on the podcast, my name's Mike Dauber. I'm a serving police officer and I work for the National Vehicle Crime Intelligence Service or NAVSIS. Um, uh, and I, my role is field intelligence officer for all things to do with heavy goods, vehicle, freight and cargo crime. Um, I've got just up coming up to 20 years service in the police. Um, and prior to starting the role um, with NAVSIS, which is four years ago, um, I was stolen vehicle officer at Cheshire Police, um, examining stolen vehicles for the best part of, of, of nearly 15 years. Um, and I moved over to do freight and cargo crime um, four years ago. Um, NAVSIS is a national police unit. Um, we're based at the College of Policing at Wrighton on Dunsmore near Coventry. We've got a chain of command. So we've got a detective chief inspector who's the head of unit. And we've got lots of different areas um, in our business. So we've got an intelligence hub. We've got officers that look at plant and agricultural machinery, um, theft and crime. We've got ports officers, um, at dedicated um, ports. So they're police officers that are opening up shipping containers. Um, we've got a leisure desk, so we've got an officer that looks at caravan and motorhome theft. And then there's a team of officers that look at uh, vehicle finance fraud. Um, and then I front up the uh, the freight and, and cargo crime desk. Um, in terms of, of freight and cargo crime, um, the terms of reference for my role is that uh, we look at any theft of and theft from any vehicle seven and a half tonnes and above. So we don't currently touch or look at the uh, three and a half ton courier type uh, parcel delivery um, uh, van thefts. Um, it's all big lorries and bulk thefts. Um, and I'm here to give you an overview as to uh, to the work that we've been been undertaking. So thanks for having me. I no, appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. That's um, I, th- I think it's sort of fascinating when we when you sort of uh, speak about it. Interestingly, actually, one of my uh, one of my colleagues yesterday, and I, I sort of chuckled to myself when I was prepping for today's conversation. So one of my colleagues has uh, found out their car's gone into the garage, and they've had a phone call from a local police officer, and it turns out they've owned the car for five years car was stolen like eight years ago and they bought it on auto trader and all the chassis numbers had been changed and everything that's taken ages to track it down and um I, d- I just find it fascinating so all of a sudden what she thought was her car is actually owned by an insurance company who have paid out their policy holder who had it stolen like eight years ago um which i find i, f- I found sort of uh Really, really interesting considering we were having a conversation. This was your bag. <laughs> uh, this was your bag for a while before, Mike. So, um, okay, so you, you sort of heavily focused on the seven and a half ton plus. So people will think about uh, with trucks, things like diesel theft and um, curtains being cut and things being, you know, goods being stolen from curtains. Is that is that the sort of thing you're dealing with? And what about things like... Um, uh, movement of like people and, and that sort of thing coming into the country when you know people sort of stow, stow themselves away is that is that your 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 sort of remit as well it is it all centers around acquisitive crime so thefts so we don't look at um your, your clandestine entries or drug importations it's all it's all to do with thefts of and thefts from from lorries so last year we received 
um, 4,400 notifications of all types of UK um, HGV freight and cargo crime. Encompassed in that is um, the diesel thefts from lorries. Um, so last year we received more than a thousand notifications of diesel being stolen from from heavy goods vehicles. Um, we was either notified, uh, involved with, ass assisted with 194 arrests just for uh, national lorry crime. We took more than 500 police inquiries, um, and probably the same again from business and industry. So we do a lot of in, um, liaison with haulage companies, uh, cargo surveyors. Um, and cargo insurers. Um, and the big stat for us last year was that we supported 45 policing operations just around um, cargo crime and heavy goods vehicle crime. Wow. <laughs> All I can say is, wow, the, the numbers are just astonishingly huge, aren't they? Like, it it must be just, I, I know we were talking sort of before we, we started recording, but the volume of your workload must be horrendous. For nearly four and a half thousand notifications. I can't even do the maths on how many that is a day, but it's it's huge, right? It's usually around 12 or 13 notifications a day when we, when we, when we divide it all up by 365 days a year. But one of the main reasons for me being brought into um, the National Vehicle Crime Intelligence Service was to more accurately map the threat from UK cargo crime. So when I came into posting in 2018, um, I was tasked with um, trying to gather as much intelligence and as much data as I could um, from, and we get our notifications from police forces, loss adjusters, cargo surveyors, cargo insurers, general haulage companies send us notifications of, of, of thefts to do with, with, with trucks and lorries. Um, and the reason for doing that was that at present, there's no home office crime classification code or home office counting code for a, a supply chain theft or a logistics theft. So we have to manually harvest as much data as we can to try to get a more accurate picture of what's occurring across the UK. Um, it's by no means a full picture and it can never really be without that, um, that home office counting code. Um, and what you need to remember is that cargo crime comes in a lots of different um, formats. And I, I know that you touched on it before, Peter, curtain slashings, bolt croppings of trailer doors. Um, we've got a series on at present of trailer hookup thefts, um, diesel thefts, as we've mentioned, um, load frauds using haulage exchanges to um, do um, bogus um, collections or fictitious carrier ones. Um, so there's lots of different um, offences that all encompass cargo crime. Um, and like I say, I know it's we, we, we understand it's by no means a full picture, but we are the envy of our colleagues in Europe um, with how much data we've collected. Um, and when we look at comparisons be between our European counterparts, um, I think Germany year on year usually report around 3,000 notifications a year, um, which will be on par or on comparison with with the same as what we're recording uh, or what notifications we're receiving in this country so so that was that that was the first objective and then the other objectives that i have to work to are around supporting police forces around intelligence led targeted operations i mentioned that we supported 45 operations last year um Make no mistake, I don't get an easy ride from some people in the haulage sector or particular drivers sometimes uh, when they say, oh, well, we're not happy with the police or they deal with some of these incidents and, and, and whatever else. But I must say there's an awful lot of good work that's going on across the UK. Um, I mentioned that last year we supported 194 arrests just for cargo crime last year. We supported 45 policing operations. And don't get me wrong. There is more that can be done, but there is an awful lot of work that's going on. Um, yeah. So that 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 was the, the second objective. And then um, the last objective was working in partnership with with business and industry to, to try to either prevent or detect incidents of UK cargo theft. So that, that's the roadmap of everything that I have to stick to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big it's a big remit, isn't it, Mike? And with regards to the data is is the the number of cargo and freight crimes increasing year on year 
is that is that a statistic you're seeing and then the impact you're having so the number of arrests and the 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 policing ops now that you're sort of organizing things more is that is that sort of improving year on year as well it's difficult it's difficult to gauge year on year at present because we set this piece of work up in 2018 so it's Mm -hmm. only been going for four years so in 2017 the year before um, we started this piece of work navsis received 1530 notifications of all types of uk um, cargo crime Um, the year after um, we reported 2967 offenses and that was because we improved in our and we invested more resource into being able to collect and more accurately map that threat. That makes um, sense, by, yeah. yeah, by 2019, um, we've, re- we've received uh, 4,364 notifications and that came to a combined cost price loss value of 115 million. Uh, and that's cost price loss value and they're all estimates, but that 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 growth in the number of offences wasn't because there'd been an increase in offences. It was just that we had we'd invested in being able to more accurately collect more data um, and map the threat more accurately. We've started seeing year on year now the same numbers, and it's coming around the four thousand mark each year. And until we've got um, a consistent approach to um, to 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 crime recording a home office crime classification code and we've got consistent figures over quite a few numbers of years that would give us um we'd be able to more accurately gauge whether there's been an increase or reduction whether it's stable or whatever so in answer to your question um we've got the most accurate picture in the uk but it's difficult to to estimate whether it whether there's been an increase or a decrease in offenses that makes that makes sense but the the, the positive thing is that the, the intelligence has improved massively with the data and uh and then that that can only then go on to improve results moving moving forward can't it if we've got a better a better picture of the landscape you yeah, need well, to have we, that data don't you yeah without our input um please this would largely remain um an unnoticed problem um, mm-hmm. for, 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 for hauliers and, and the transport um, companies. Um, we're heavily supported by the Road Haulage Association, who are uh, one of our um, sponsors, the British International Freight Association, also um, support us with our work. Um, but in the UK at present, there's a number of organised crime groups that are causing threat, risk and harm from UK cargo theft. There's organised crime groups based in West Yorkshire, the West Midlands, um, Liverpool, um, Essex um, that are, are, are turning the hand to this criminality and, and going committing curtain slashings, bolt croppings of trailer doors um, and uh, and doing hookup theft. So, as I said to you earlier, uh, 194 arrests last year. Um, last week we was assisting... Um, um south yorkshire police in relation to some recoveries um some warrants that they executed and we through our work and our collection um of the data we identified between us five lorry loads of stolen goods so it just there's for people on the podcast um there's no harm at all in letting us hopefully touch wood you won't have any thefts or losses but if you do and you do become a victim there's no harm in first of all obviously letting your local police force know and reporting it um so they can start doing the primary investigation but please let us know at navsis because we're involved in some um uh, cross-border national operations we routinely get call outs to go and assist uh, police forces um, with operations and warrants um, search warrants of premises and something that I didn't mention before is that the way that we're set up with our data collection is that we might get a notification this morning that there's been a curtain slashing at let's say and I'm just pulling this one out a motorway service station on the M1 motorway nine times out of ten that notification when it comes from an individual police force we'll have skeleton information attached to it it'll probably just say it's happened at this um, service station on the m1 northbound motorway it was a curtain slashing between 10 last night and seven this morning and a lot of the time when we get reports of these thefts 
Um, it will say goods unknown. Driver didn't know what he was carrying or, or, or she was carrying. We upload that onto the database as an early first notification. And then in the days, weeks, sometimes months that follow, we'll get a secondary notification about that same theft. And that'll come from either a cargo insurer, a loss adjuster, a business, a trade association that say, do you know about this incident that was reported um, at whatever service station it was on whatever date? And here are the exact brand commodity cargo details with an inventory of what's been stolen. We can then go back into our um, national database that we manage, update the records, um, and we put in exact products, brand numbers, serial numbers, and then that comes really valuable, not just for a policing purpose with the operations that we support, but also for risk management purposes. So we put out um, a fortnightly freight crime intelligence bulletin that goes out to our um, business members and sponsors. Um, it also goes out to police and law enforcement so they can keep an eye on, 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 on incidents that are occurring. But not only that, um, we also put out a monthly, a quarterly and an annual cargo crime report for again for our business members and sponsors. And that becomes valuable for risk man manage managers um, who are involved in supply chain when it comes to looking um, at what goods are being stolen across certain routes, etc., and making informed decisions about um, about routes to take or, or places to avoid. So that is really where we we sit. Wow, that's um, it's 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 incredible to think. Because I, I suppose the incident happens on the local level, so it's so important to have that national overview. And then the more data you're getting, because you're never going to get all the data you need straight away. It's about making sure you've got that feed of data through the cycle of an insurance claim process, for example, around the goods, around what's happened, what occurred when. And then that data, you, you're gathering that data then to be able to spot trends and pick up organised crime and, and that kind of thing off the back of it. So it's, it's really valuable stuff, isn't it? Fantastic. Hey, um, just in, just very quickly before we move on to your next subject, the last year we got a call out in August last year from um, the police in Bradford in West Yorkshire. The CID there rang us up to go out um, to do with um, having a look at some goods in two warehouses. Um, we ended up identifying um, it was around 20 lorry loads of stolen goods. The DCI, when we debriefed it at Bradford Police, said um, that if it wasn't for NAVSIS intervention um, and assistance, um, they probably wouldn't have been able to identify the goods um, and they'd probably have had to have shut the doors and walked away from the premises. Um, and that's why it's really, really valuable that we are informed um, of whatever the commodity, the goods, the brand. We are a police unit. It's all we understand business integrity and, and, and security and, and confidentiality. So, as I say, for anyone who's on the podcast, if you become a victim, we've probably either been already been notified by a police force. Um, a cargo insurer of that loss, but there's, as I said, we'd rather be told two or three times than not be told at all. Um, um, there's no harm in 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 letting us know that um, you, you, what they, what the commodity was or what the product was, and letting us know. Yeah, got you. That moved me on to a question that was uh, I saw in in your slides that uh, uh, we 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 spoke about before the session, and that was. Um, this, this sort of bringing this to life for people listening about specific cases. You shared a case where there was a perfume uh, which was sort of fairly specific, a new product into market. Uh, it had its own packaging, etc. And you soon picked up people reselling it on eBay. Are you able to just sort of talk through sort of what what that operation looked like, if that's okay? I can. So again, I mentioned earlier on in the podcast that. Previous to doing cargo theft, I was involved with stolen vehicles, stolen plant machinery. Um, when I came over to do cargo theft, I quickly found out that cargo theft is diff different than other vehicle crime types in that when um, you're dealing with stolen cars or stolen tractors or stolen diggers, a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, you're looking for one big lump of shiny, expensive metal on four wheels. Um, we know that cars get get cut up and for, for parts and and, and slaughtered and, and that's a different story. However, um, I quickly um, 
I quickly phoned with cargo is that um, once it's stolen, if you don't get to it in those golden hours after the theft, um, or you don't find the storage location where certain um, cargoes are being of stolen cargoes are being stored, they all re-enter the supply chain in lots of different places. So we see stolen cargoes appearing in lots of um, online auction sites, eBay, Gumtree, Facebook, buy, sell or swap, um, car boot sales, um, Sunday markets. Um, I've been out on call outs to um, cash converter stores before in the past. Um, general shops and convenience stores. Some of some 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 goods will um, re-enter the supply chain in those that are stolen. Um, Backstreet cash and carries um, and and such like. So one of the challenges that I found straight away with dealing with cargo theft is um, once it's stolen, it, it it just fragments and it can appear in lots of different places all at the same time. So um, to give you an example of that. We got a call out. Um, it was just before the uh, the first lockdown, um, and it was to do with a particular brand of high end perfume that had been stolen from a lorry on the M20 in Kent. This particular um, high end um, perfume hadn't been released in the UK. It was in specific new packaging that wasn't here in the UK. Um, the lorry parked up overnight. It was attacked, and I think. It, I, probably eight pallets of this perfume worth seven figures, probably, um, or more than that, um, was stolen. Um, we got called out by Kent Police in relation to um, offering them some advice and assistance. And then we quickly found out within 24 hours that there was 10 to 15 sellers of the, that stolen perfume across, as I said, multiple addresses and multiple um, counties within 24 hours. So we had 10 to 15 sellers across Essex, East London, Watford and Luton. And then within another 24 hours again after that, um, those sellers all on eBay um, go up again. So you're getting multiple more sellers coming online. And then after three or four days, you can see that the goods have definitely been sold and, and they've gone and they've re-entered the supply chain and people have bought them, whether that's from a wholesaler or, or, or wherever they've bought them from. Um, and as I said, within three or four days, four or five days, um, you could see that um, sellers in other areas of the UK were offering these goods uh, on eBay for sale um, in Birmingham in the West Midlands. So I, I am speaking out loud now, but when I've done stolen cars, I'd like to think and probably my police bosses would probably agree that I had quite a good record when it comes to recovery of stolen cars, recovery of stolen diggers, recovery of stolen tractors. And that's because you're always looking for that, that one big lump of shiny metal. Um, and as I said, the challenge with cargo is that it, it, it once it's sold on, it, it, it quickly um, can be sold via various different means yeah. all in smaller quantities. It's just in, 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 into the ether, isn't it? In, in yeah. Well, on, on saying that, as I said last week, we recovered five lorry loads um, of goods in Doncaster. Um, the um, last year with the recoveries. Um, as I say, in Bradford, twenty. So we we still have good success when it comes to those large, um, large recoveries. Um, and and particularly in the the Bradford case, I have to I can't go into much more detail. But three people's been arrested in relation to that, um, and that inquiry is still ongoing. So as I said, there's there is a lot of good work that is going on for those large, uh, larger recoveries. Yeah, it's um, I I suppose sort of as I think about it and listen listen to you speak about it, there's there must these organised crime units are they're they're smart, they're well organised, they know what they're doing, it's their business, they make it their business, and the only way to really tackle that is to have the data, isn't it? It's to have the data, to have the quick response, to be able to try and keep on that keep on top of uh, keep on top of the organized crime as much as possible hi it's pete from flagship partners we're really proud to sponsor a half dozen things podcast at flagship partners we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership 
We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your four is accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. And it's, 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 it's something that couldn't happen just based on local policing. Uh, organizations could it because it's uh it, it needs that it needs that sort of centralized approach to be able to tackle it which is uh the, i, I think yeah. it's really good the people are committing the thefts uh a lot of the time in my experience um they understand supply chains they've either been mm -hmm. from a heavy goods vehicle driving background were in background so they know which hauliers or which carriers have got contracts to move certain goods around the UK. They know which hauliers carrying certain goods will be forced to take certain routes with certain commodities. They understand driving hours. So um, they know which hauliers carrying certain goods will be forced to take rest breaks when they're doing those, those, those routes. So I've asked our, we've got a team of analysts at, at, at the National Vehicle Crime Intelligence Service that um, look at different patterns and trends. I've asked them to keep um, an eye and, and do some work around theft of commodity by region and theft of commodity by season, because we see particularly certain goods stolen from certain routes. And that's that's because I see the thefts that, are, that come through and get reported to us. And it's without doing any deep dive analytical troll, really. So, um, for instance, we'll see electrical goods um, thefts from, from of, of cargo around the M1, uh, Milton Keynes, Leicester Ware. And that's because of the tech companies that are off the, the motorways along, along those routes. Um, seasonal trends, um, year on year, again, without doing any deep dive analytical troll. I know that um, round about um, April, May time each year, we'll start seeing um, holiday accessories, sunglasses, camping equipment um, are stolen from lorries um, that are being delivered because they're the desirable items that, that families and people want for the, for, for the summer holidays, um, usually around September, October, um, computer and gaming consoles, um, the kids yeah. want the latest PlayStation yeah, and Xbox for, for Christmas. So again, um, we see we see losses and thefts of, of those types of goods. So where that that is really um, it's a it's a big piece of work in itself. But we're currently in the stages of putting together. Uh, my my detective chief inspector is currently writing um, a national problem profile for cargo crime and cargo theft. Um, and some of the, the the issues that I've mentioned, I've put forward for inclusion in relation to that report. So um, people get a greater understanding of, 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 of how cargo crime operates and the organised crime groups that are, um, are committing offences. Perfect. Perfect. I think um, it, it leads me really well on to one of the things that really shocked me when I heard you speak at the Road Transport Expo was that the the wording around approved and safe parking. I can't remember what the exact terminology is that's used, but that there's really only two in the UK. Um, are you able to just sort of uh, explain that for listeners, if that's OK? Um, yeah, we're, we're having a real push at present in relation to there's a massive difference between safe parking and secure parking. Um, our figures suggest that um, it's around 2000 incidents per year are reported in independent uh, road parking locations such as laybys, industrial estates. Um, around a thousand each year um, are reported in motorway service areas, which would be deemed to be safe parking locations and motorway service stations. And we work with our partners at Welcome Break, Road Chef, Moto and Extra. They would be deemed to be safe because they're on the network. They should be hard standing. There should be adequate lighting. Um, there may be an AMPR camera, there may be a CCTV camera. And despite that, there's around a thousand incidents a year that are report, being reported in safe parking locations. Um, then you put next to it secure parking. Um, again, 
uh, an open source check would show you that there's around 500,000 heavy goods vehicle operators licenses in the UK. Some of those businesses will have one lorry, some will have multiple lorries. Um, but it's safe to, to, to estimate that there's probably somewhere between half a million and a million lorries in the UK, um, including the European traffic. Um, and despite that, there's only two, and I'll say that again, two truck stops in the whole of the UK that have got TAPA, the Transported Assets Protection Association, secure parking accreditation. So you can see that there's a massive disparity in relation um, to the provision for secure parking and um, the amount of lorries that's on the road. Um, our partners at the Road Haulage Association believe that there's 12,000 spaces, not enough for lorries to park in the UK. Um, and we've been doing a piece of work with um, the British Parking Association and the Department for Transport in relation to um, um, the British Parking Association are looking at um, trying to adopt um, a, a, a secure parking standard under the Parkmark scheme. So the British Parking Association run Parkmark, which was initially designed for your NCP um, city centre and town centre car parks to keep those safe. But they're looking at rolling out something called um, Parkmark Plus or Parkmark Truck. Um, and um, and that the around standards around secure parking for truck stops and motorway service stations. So we're, we're obviously a big supporter um, in relation to that. Um, again, from the research that we've conducted, uh, parking in um, in Europe is subsidised um, by the governments, um, and um, and they've just invested. Um, I think it's um, they're upgrading at present. 28 or 29 motorway service stations across Europe from safe parking to secure parking using uh, EU government funding. Um, so these are all issues that we've put forward as part of the uh, the national problem profile that we, we're currently putting together. But um, our position is quite clear that if the UK does adopt a UK secure parking standard, it must be robust enough not just to deter your opportunist thief, but to deter organised um, criminal groups that are, 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 are committing um, um, high value, seriously well-organised well offences. And, and that's that's in relation to the safe and secure parking. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? So TAPA, TAPA is the standard that um, only two, uh, uh, two parking uh, locations are accredited with. It's, it's just... It's incredible, really, to think about that. That's uh, about half a million vehicles per parking spot. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's some 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 statistic. Do you think it's something that um, we? I, I guess I guess we need to kind of push for investment in infrastructure to improve the security of parking. Essentially, is what uh, what the challenge is, and and how and and like you say. It's okay to secure against the opportunist uh, theft, but actually to secure against organised crime is actually that's actually quite in reality a tricky thing to do that I imagine needs a lot of investment. What 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 sort of features is that? Uh, you know, if, if you know what what sort of features is that that the secure parking needs over and above what you'd get in a uh, a sort of standard service station parking. Well, just in relation to that, there is funding now that's been set aside. So the Chancellor last year in his budget put forward that he was going to invest in upgrading um, 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 truck parking facilities for drivers. We all know because of um, the COVID, because of the pandemic, because of, Bre I'll mention the word Brexit, um, that um, um, freight and cargo now is seen as being crucial to national infrastructure. And the government's recognised that. So we've currently been putting out on our um, fortnightly intelligence bulletins that there's um, a, uh, some allocated funding through the Department for Transport and, and the Highways in Agency that have allocated um, £52.5 million pounds, um, in the form of um, matched funding applications to upgrade 
um, motorway service stations and truck stops um, to upgrade not just the security but drivers facilities um, so your wash facilities and your rest facilities etc etc so there has been um, recently and again we're encouraging it has to be for existing parking operators to apply for that funding but if anyone wants any information uh, in relation to that, um, I can provide it. And they have said that it will be on the uh, a matched funding. Um, uh, that, well, priority will be given to projects that are, are offering matched funding in the form of the parking operator paying uh, paying half and then applying for the, the government funding to, to do the others. But again, when it, in, in relation to your question, Peter, um, you look at the, the secure sites that already exist, there are, a lot of them operate on either a bronze, platinum, bronze, um, silver um, uh, standard or a, a level one, level two or level three standard. And depending on what you've got at your truck parking site. So if you've got um, access control with facial recognition, AMPR, um, you've got um, palisade fencing all encompassed, roaming security guards, um, you might have a dog on patrol, a, 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 the security dog that's patrolling around and about. You probably go into the higher uh, levels of, of the secure parking standard and, and there is a tick list and, and it's all audited um, as to where you would sit. Um, but um, I, I, I'm not talking out of turn as, as I say it. There are some parking sites where um, you've literally got um, a patch of tarmac with some lighting next to a green field. Um, and this is what we're saying about um, the difference between there's a massive difference between secure parking sites and safe parking sites. And um, as I said, our push is that until there is a, a, um, a secure parking standard um, adopted nationally for trucks, um, that would be a massive deterrent and, and it would have been, hopefully offer a big preventative measure when it comes to reducing and preventing any of these types of offences. Yeah, and sort of my my brain sort of ticking along whilst you're speaking from a commercial point of view is and and sort of something I guess I'm realizing is that a lot of the uh, service stations that they're making good money out of their parking as it as it is at the standard it is they're making good money and actually the the impact of of uh, crime isn't really on them either uh, from a security point of view and actually is there the market for that much more expensive parking with all of the additional cost around the security. I guess from a commercial point of view, making it all stack up is probably a little bit of a challenge because they're doing pretty well commercially anyway, because if we've got, there's a supply and demand issue anyway, we're 12,000 parking spaces short in the UK as it stands, these service stations are full night in, night out, regardless of the standard of security already, um, I guess is sort of where, where my head was going uh, with that. So there's a bit of a, the incentive to to invest is um, a bit of a challenge. Is that is that sort of a fair a fair summary or a fair th sort of thought process around where we're at at the moment? There's no one one size fits all, and it's a number of different factors, and it's not just uh, it's just not just one. But I, I had an interesting conversation with a supply chain manager from probably one of the biggest companies in the world, um, and they're quite open and 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 um, and forward thinking when it comes to to this. And they said that sometimes the operators are more or more or less feeding the criminals because they're constantly trying to drive down um, operators' costs, and in that there's not always room for um, sufficient parking fees or whatever for truck drivers to park. So by driving um, the operators cost down the big companies and 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 this is this isn't from Mike Dauber this is from one the probably the the biggest one of the biggest global businesses in the world um they said that that that, that probably needs to be looked at that there should be some kind of um margin put in there to ensure that that trucks can park uh, safely as i said before um we get about 2000 incidents a year in laybys and industrial estates and if you put the thousand incidents a year at motorway service stations, just using that, you're probably twice as likely to become a victim of cargo theft if you park in a lay-by in an industrial estate rather than parking um, in, a, right. in a motorway service station. So the two people will probably ask on your podcast, 
um, the two um, truck stops in the UK that have been very supportive of our work that are Tapper accredited um, to level three Tapper uh, formula services um, in Ellesmere Port in Cheshire and the Red Lion truck stop um, on the M1 at Northampton. Um, and they're the only two um, that we're aware of that have got Tapper um, accreditation. Excellent. That's um, it's fantastic. It's fantastic that they've invested in it. But yeah, like like you say, we almost need to review the whole supply chain process for rates to increase for operators for them to and and then almost say we need to enforce that you stay in secure parking and that that that's you know that's the level that you're going to be insured to and then and then it kind of creates creates the demand and improves from there. Uh, that leads me on to my sort of uh, next question, which is if you had a magic wand to try and solve this challenge, what? What would you what would you wish be with the magic wand? I've already covered some of it, Peter. So the the, the Home Office Crime Classification Code um, is uh, our, our Home Office Counting Code for a cargo theft um, is one. Um, that 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 if if there was a magic wand that that if 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 that was achievable, um, it probably isn't achievable um, because as as I said, um, educating forty three police forces. Um, um, the changes that that would that would have to come around in relation to that. But one of the things that we've put as a consideration is, um, and this is part of our national report that hopefully will be coming out later this year, is that if if there can't be a home office um, classification code, that police forces consider tagging offences. So there's one national operation name. Um, and again, this is off the top of my head, if it's called Operation Cargo, that um, police forces, um, call handlers, crime recording bureaus would be able to, if they get told that a lorry's been broken into or there's been a curtain slashing or a trailer, an articulated trailer, that everything's taglined under hashtag Operation Cargo. And that would make it more easier when it comes to pulling um, out um, uh, cargo theft offences in the UK. That's one of the considerations. Um, we've mentioned the real push that we're having in relation to the difference between safe and secure parking. Um, I speak to the insurers in, in the City of London. I speak to the police bosses. And again, as the subject matter expert that's been looking at it for four years, until we've got a network of strategically placed secure parking sites across the UK. Um, again, trying to get a, a, a large reduction in these offences um, is, is difficult. Um, I've just seen this morning um, um, notification of uh, real high value theft that's occurred in the last couple of days. Um, and that's part of the reason for that coming about. Um, it's a curtain slashing offence where a driver was forced to um, parking a lay-by because he couldn't make his intended destination, um, his, his truck parking location, and that came about because of a serious accident on the M5. Um, so again, strategically placed um, secure parking sites um, would be the next one. And something that we haven't touched on during the podcast so far is um, I, I, one of the things that I say is that when I joined the police 20 years ago, um, people were still holding banks and building societies up with sawn off shotguns and guns and doing armed robberies. Um, crime is constantly evolving um, and criminals have moved away from that. Thankfully, touch wood, that doesn't happen very often anymore, whereas it was quite it was happening quite a lot when I first joined the police. And the reason for that was around uh, sentencing. So if I was on the wrong side of the line and I go and hold a bank up, what am I going to get off the bank or the building society? You'd be lucky to get five or £10,000 in cash. If you do that and you get collared off the police, you'd be looking, and rightly so, at 15 to 20 years in prison, and rightly so. You put your own robbery and the penalties that exist for that next to a cargo theft. We had a lorry that was attacked at a motorway service station on the M40 18 months ago. And there was 1.7 million of cosmetics stolen um, from that lorry. That 1.7 million pounds worth of cosmetics was cost price. So with retail values, you're probably looking at 10 million pounds worth of um, cosmetics that was stolen. Um, so um, cargo theft is seen as being very, very low risk. 
and very high reward if it, if it's mm. pulled off from the villain. So one of the things um, that we've been pushing on, we now supply business impact statements to police forces so the courts can be in possession of the full facts of the case and they can make informed decisions when it comes to passing sentences for these offences. So the last one would be um, to run alongside if there was ever a home office counting code or a specific crime of cargo theft, um, uh, adequate sentencing guidelines um, to run alongside that. So they're really the top three of my top of the pops of of, of what, what I would um, ask for if I had a magic wand. Amazing. No, fantastic. And 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 that's something I'd not really thought about. Crime crime has and always will exist and it does evolve, doesn't it? And it will evolve. And uh like you say, cargo theft um I I, I grew up, I, I don't know if I said this when we spoke before, but my dad was a policeman for 30 years in Cam's police. And um I, I I grew up, we had two key rings in the house for the internal doors, like for out, outside. And one of them said crime doesn't pay. And the other one said, um, if you can't can't do the time, don't do the crime. They were like these two little sayings. And I sort of grew up with that mantra, sort of uh, uh, from from a young lad. But actually just listening, cargo and freight crime, if you don't get caught, can pay by the sounds of it. It's pretty, you know, it's commercially, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty big business, isn't it? So one of the things, uh, one, sort of one of my final questions was around what sort with all this information, what are your tips for operators? Have you got, I think you've sort of documented a, a handout there that, that people can go go and look for, but what, you know, if operators are listening and they want to try and protect themselves, what, what, what are the top tips really? Well, we work in partnership with um, a, a business called Maple Fleet Services and they provide free of choice to us for, to give out to all drivers the cargo and road transport security guides. We go out on um, driver engagement events and we've done various um, um, motorway service stations and truck uh, stops across the UK um, in the last couple of years to speak with drivers, to give education around uh, how not to become a victim um, of cargo theft. But we have a saying uh, and it's in this 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 the, the cargo and road transport security guide that cargo at rest is cargo at risk. Um, so uh, at any time that the that, that lorries are stopped, um, ensure that um, your vehicles are adequately secured. Um, as we say, if you can try and pick uh, the highest category um, of um, truck parking uh, when it comes to, um, uh, to secure. We've mentioned about secure and safe parking locations. Uh, always have um, delivery policies. Um, some businesses are moving, not these days, but in the last years gone by, we're moving vast quantities and high value quantities of goods. Thankfully, um, businesses have adapted now and they've got delivery policies and security policies and, and whatever else. And um, I still see, um, it says in this, uh, in, the, in the cargo and road transport guide that um, keep details private. I still see various um, drivers from time to time putting on social media where they are, where, where they're driving to, what they're carrying. Um, and again, we have that saying that loose lips um, sink ships. Um, we mentioned um, around uh, planning ahead before. Sometimes with driver's hours, it's difficult. But if you can plan ahead and try to get to your nearest, safest um, parking location to, 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 to park for the evening. Um, but if anyone wants any information uh, in relation to the cargo and road transport security guides, if you either shout out to myself or Peter, um, we can uh, obviously direct you to the, uh, the the people that produce this. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, Mike, I think uh, I think that's been fantastic having you on. I really, really appreciate it. And it's been really interesting. I've learned loads from this session. Um, and I learned loads from you when you spoke at the Road Transport Expo. So it's amazing to sort of be able to broaden my, uh, broaden my understanding. Just finally, before we go, We've been chatting football, uh, yourself and uh, and me, when we've been sort of lining up the podcast. And um, I was really interested to hear about the the goal that your, your your lads got. Are you able to just sort of share that a little bit for the listeners, please, mate? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Wigan Athletic season ticket holder, um, and my son is 13, 14 years old now. And for the last four or five years, 
He's had a goal to um, to um, do the 92 football league rounds. So he's up to about 46 now out of the 92. I'll probably be dead and buried by the time he achieves it all. But um, um, we're going tomorrow. I know, Peter, you're a Man United fan for your sins. Um, um, yeah. But we're yeah. going to... Um, we're going to um, Norwich tomorrow to watch the game, uh, which is on TV tomorrow. Um, and yeah, that's what I like to do in my spare time with the occasional round of golf. Um, but before I sign off, can I just say that, um, as I said earlier, we're going back to work-related things. Um, yeah. We're a national police unit, but we're entirely industry-funded. None of this work would exist. I would be sat here... I, I don't know, who, well, I doubt that anyone would be looking at cargo theft um, if it wasn't for the generous uh, business relationships, partnerships, memberships that we have. Um, if anyone's interested in being a NAVSIS member, um, in getting involved in the work that we're doing around cargo theft, in getting our reports, our fortnightly intelligence uh, bulletins, our monthly, uh, quarterly and annual reports, please either drop myself um, or Peter uh, um, a, 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 a message and, and I'm sure that we can sort something out so thanks very much Peter for having me Oh Mark it's been an absolute pleasure I think uh, I'll, I'll sign off with saying I hope your lad does it all and if when, if you haven't done the posh ground give me uh, give me a shout when you do come to Peterborough because it'll be uh, it'll be good I'm taking the kids to, to see Peterborough in the next couple of weeks they're, they're playing Lincoln which is like a local derby for local derby for the guys here um, but yeah finally a uh, I'd just like to say I think it's a great a great opportunity for people to become NAVSIS members and I think uh, I think that's a really vital part of you getting that data and being able to share that data with operators as well as well as those those top tips as well so what I'll do is if you don't mind Mike I'll get get a link is there like a sign up link or something I can put on the show notes for the podcast that people can uh, when they listen to this they can click on the link and uh and go and find out more about becoming a member and sign themselves up. Uh, if we put that in the show notes, then uh, then people can find that easily when they've listened to this podcast and think, do you know what? That'll be a, that'll be a good investment, and I'd like to be part of the Navsis uh, members group. So, uh, does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Thanks very much for your help, Peter. No worries at all, Mike. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to the listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it. And please do share it with other people. Uh, it's fantastic to to grow the listenership. So, thank you very much. Cheers, Mike. Thank you. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.